Greetings and welcome to a special episode recorded live in the on-site stream commerce podcasting studio at the New York City Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum in September 2022. These episodes are presented by Stream Commerce, a full-service, full-funnel e-commerce consultancy bringing together the boldest and brightest innovators, strategists, and e-commerce experts. They are the Shopify Plus expert that does more than build sites. The Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum NYC 2022 brought together thought leaders from retailers and brands selling direct-to-consumer. Top global consumer brands were joined by digital natives and digitally-led brands from the fashion and apparel world, health, cosmetics and beauty, consumer electronics, and other leading retail verticals for a one-day full of education, sharing, and networking. Let's listen in now. Peter, welcome to the uh, Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum podcast here in the Stream Commerce Podcasting Studio. Boy, that's a mouthful. I'll be saying that a lot today, but it's wonderful to have you here. Thanks for joining me. How are you Pleasure. doing? How are you doing? Yeah, doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, having me on the podcast, Michael. Fantastic. Now, off mic, we were talking about that uh, you're based in Vancouver. Is that right? Yeah, Vancouver, Canada's home. Fantastic. Uh, but always, I'm, an, I'm born and raised on the East Coast, so always glad to get back to this side of the ocean. Oh, fantastic. So you're Canadian? born? Yes. And and you're from the Atlantic provinces? Correct. Which yeah, one? Little, where are you from? Where are you from? province uh, of New Brunswick. Oh, very good. Well, that's where my dad was from, actually. Oh, no way. Yeah, I'm a right. LeBlanc, right? So, you know, yes. you know you know the phone book in, uh, in and around <laughs> I know, Moncton. I know a few. There's, yeah. a, <laughs> there's a few LeBlancs. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're here together in New York City, so it's great to, uh, great to meet you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, and what's your background? Yeah, well, look, my background comes from building, scaling consumer product brands uh, globally and internationally. In my current role as Chief Revenue Officer of WPIC, I support brands, uh, helping them expand primarily throughout APAC. So for for us, that means China, Japan, and Southeast Asia. Um, And really fortunate to get to work with an amazing team uh, around the world, helping brands uh, Hmm. expand their businesses. Now, how did you get, like, what drew you to this line of work, so to speak? Like, did you always want to be doing what you do today, or did you find your way there, or was it hey, I want to go international. Like, give me a sense of, like, when you were in a play, yeah. you know, in your elementary school in, uh, in New Brunswick, what were you doing? I, well, look, as a, as a kid and, and as just a, uh, an individual, I've always been fascinated by brands and products. Um, and, and I'm always geeking out over the latest, greatest gadgets and things mm. of that nature. Mm. And so, you know, as, as I got, uh, you know, involved in, in building my own businesses mm-hmm. and consumer product companies and, and then scaling those, um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to take a, a couple businesses into China um, and really was just struck with the market, with obviously the size and scale sure, of, sure. of the Complexity consumer. too. Complexity, Complexity, the red tape, mm-hmm. dealt with that firsthand mm-hmm. and, uh, and just recognized that that was a, a really major problem that a lot of organizations uh, had was to just mm-hmm. navigate and understand what was going on inside of that market. And so that, that totally captured myself and my interest mm-hmm. and, uh, was really fortunate to have the opportunity to, to become involved with WPIC uh, to help do that for, for many other brands. All right, let's talk about WPIC. Who are you? What do you do? What are they, you know, what's scope and scale? What makes you different? Where are you? Ba- I mean, so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> Take it from the top. Well, look, you want to think about WPIC. I mean, we've, we've been in the market for over 17 years. We're headquartered out of Beijing uh, with seven global offices between Beijing, Nanjing, Hangzhou, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Osaka, and Vancouver. A um, lot of you know, in-house teams between a few of our major campuses in the market operationally mm. um, with a few global teams. Um, our, our focus... Okay, um, and, and when you talk about that, so 17 
um, places. No, seventeen years, right? You've so been around seventeen years. How many? Uh, how many people are in the organization? Just to give us a sense of yeah, your... mid four hundreds today. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, and most of that headcount being on the ground in in market. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think something that that we've worked really hard to structure is is being able to do all the work on the ground in market, especially in today's day and age where you know with travel restrictions, the mm-hmm, lockdowns, mm-hmm. it's really difficult for a Westerner like you and I to be able to go travel into those markets, right? Yep. Um, and so uh, that, that's that been really important for us to have people on the ground in market. Sure. How do you present yourself when you go to market as an organization? You say, listen, we're gonna, we're here to take you there and we'll solve problems. Like, What makes you different than someone else who's doing, is there anyone doing quite the same thing? Just tell, help me how you position the company. Yeah, certainly. So so we're positioned as uh, as a APAC China market entry and growth firm, right? right? Uh, we focus within the digital and e-commerce landscape. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of brands recognize inside of markets like China, you know, compared to the U.S. market, 51% of all sales are happening online. 51% now. Now, now that's accelerated, right? My recollection was it was like in the 30s pre-pandemic. Is that, is that a fair statement or was it already heading that way? I, I would suggest it was already, you know, the lion's share. Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen the latest numbers post-COVID. I mm. suspect it's accelerated beyond that threshold mm. today. Mm. When you start to get into consumer product categories, FMCG, CPG categories, that number's even higher. Wow. And so, you know, so where we live, eat, breathe, sleep is mm. within the epicenter of where consumers are spending their after-tax dollars. Mm. And for us, what what we've worked really hard to do is just be a partner that, you know, global organizations can trust, that they can most importantly communicate with mm-hmm. to really help mm-hmm. navigate it um, and, and then operate within that market effectively. Okay. All right. Well, as I said, we're here in New York City together. What uh, And you're presenting later today. What kind of knowledge are you going to be dropping on the audience here today in New York? Yeah. Well, most importantly, we're here alongside our partners of TikTok and, mm-hmm. and Doyen. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest trends in, in 2021 and now in 2022 has been the, the change uh, in, in China e-commerce from traditional e-commerce to now e-commerce 2.0, which we would describe as like social commerce um, or interest-based e-commerce. Mm. And so this is a really exciting uh, topic uh, and agenda that we're going to be speaking about today. All right. Well, let's unpack that a little bit, this whole TikTok thing. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's been a, a lot of discussion around social commerce. I mean, we've seen in the headlines uh, some of the platforms backing away from direct commerce. So tell me about how TikTok connects with commerce and, and map that out for the listeners a little bit. Yeah, look, I think, you know, to, to, to really sum it up, um, when we think about social commerce, you know, it's all about where is the consumer's time and attention. And as marketers, we want to capture that attention where the consumer is. And, right? no, and no question they're on TikTok. Did, yeah. When did I see some stats in, in the U.S. is more time spent on TikTok than YouTube today? I mean, that's one of those headline statistics. Is that is that your understanding? And is that 100%. a hundred percent? Wow. The other big stat is when you look at search, like where, where mm. did Gen Z and millennials search for mm. ideas, topics, you know, knowledge. TikTok? And TikTok really? is dominating the share of search now and now surpassing Google and many other search platforms in wow. a lot of respects. It, it, it seems to me a platform, and I've seen this over my career, that starts young and then ages, but I've never seen a platform age so quickly. Like, yeah. it, you know, starts with the kids doing funny dances and then suddenly, 
you know, guys of my vintage are on TikTok. You know, totally. So is that is that a hundred percent? How many? Uh, again, I just want to out, uh, outline for the listeners who may not all be on or know the scope. How many users are on TikTok? I mean, the yeah. hour thing is so impressive. The amount of time and totally. engagement is pretty, pretty Yeah, high. a couple of stats. So TikTok Now, or Doyen Now Services, which is the Chinese version of TikTok, okay. um, you know, services uh, over 600 million daily active users. Oh. Um, and, and then those users, on average, are spending over two hours per day Come on. on the app. And That's so, a lot of sore thumbs from going up and down, right? I think anyone with kids can probably relate to that, you know, as they see their kids just yeah, totally right. plugged in. Wow. And and is that around the world? So I know we've talked about how major it is in, in the U.S., and I'm probably thinking Canada as well. Totally. But is it is it like that around the world? Is, yeah. Is this a hot spot or... No, this is this is a global platform with global reach, um, you know, and they would have you know I think similar dominance in in hmm. markets around the world. Wow, wow. Okay, so and all right, connect that to commerce with me. Like I see, yeah. I see people dancing, or I see people TikTok food, you know, get another recipe. But how does that connect and totally to commerce? Well, what we believe is that content is king, and so brands that you know can relate to a consumer, understand their consumer, understand their interests, their mm-hmm. needs, their desires, their aspirations. Operations, and to to get involved and become a part of that community, and to create really authentic, meaningful, mm. interesting, engaging, funny content that connects with their consumer. That it's all about building that relationship and building that audience. Mm-hmm. When you have that audience, you then have the opportunity to to present what it is that you sell and, and can offer mm-hmm. them. TikTok really reduces and Doyen reduces the distance between where that consumer's interest is and their ability to buy something without mm. having to leave an application, without having to redirect mm. to a third-party marketplace, to a website. A consumer can now check out directly inside of the app. Really? And, and that's a really powerful tool. It popped the hood up for a little bit on me on TikTok. I mean, I know it, it very quickly, you know, once I pause on things, it very quickly starts to serve me more of those type of things. And is that that kind of background profile type information available to the sellers, right? They say, listen, if, if your target is a certain profile, we can probably find those people. Is that kind of how the dots connect? Yeah. As a, as a TikTok and Doyen partner, um, we have access to, to aggregated data to help marketers and brands, you know, really fine tune their, their targeting inside of that, um, mm-hmm. you know, to start to sponsor trends inside of TikTok. Mm. So let's, um, let's say I, I sold, um, let's say I sold barbecues or barbecue product. You could find me people who are look, yeah, think, look and think feel grill like, masters, yeah, think yeah, recipes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, really, really going into that niche and into that community. Oh, so interesting. So interesting. All right. So let's talk about advice for the listeners, uh, which this whole podcast is actually about advice as I'm listening to it, but I framed in a two starts and one stop. So two things they should start doing and one thing they should stop or, or you know, never do to begin with. So what's your advice? Yeah, look, I think the, the big things that we see um, that brands should be doing, um, first and foremost, is, is getting good data. Really understand the market, the channels, the ecosystems, the consumers. Mm. Make sure that you, your organization has the right data to make those decisions. Mm. The second thing I would... And I guess on, on that... That, that's one of your first, because you guys have a lot of great data, obviously, right? And that's yeah. a very good starting point, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're really fortunate to have an amazing data sciences division mm. that supports organizations with both quantitative and qualitative data to, to really have confidence when you're making you know, investment decisions, growth decisions, inventory decisions, mm. right? Um, so if I want to sell, say, a winter jacket... 
and that winter jacket is made in Canada and you want to sell that in China. I'm thinking of one brand in particular, but just as yep. an example, you can you know help me size the market, what's the addressable market, Absolutely. and, and how, how to find it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do, you, do you get into creative? Do you cross from data into targeting into creative as well? Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so think first, what is the size of the prize? You know, most CFOs want to know how much money can I make? How much is it going to cost <laughs> right. us and how are we going to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we get into how we can do it, this would be the other piece of advice on content king. And and what we would describe in our creative labs division, what, what they support brands with is what we would describe as appropriate content localization. Mm. Um, and so really maintaining the ethos, the value proposition, the fundamentals of your brand and, and who that brand is, um, but appropriately localizing it for the language, the culture, mm-hmm. the nuances of a market like China is really critical. And that's something that we help a lot of our clients and, with. And when you say help, I'm just, again, the, unpacking the value. Do you actually make the videos or, or yeah. make the content? So again, if I'm selling a winter jacket into China, totally. here's, here's the kind of background, here's the kind of vibe that should be happening, all that stuff. Creative direction. We have 11 studios between our Nanjing and Hangzhou campuses. Um, Live streaming is such a big deal in China right Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. And so live content is really, really critical. And how does live content connect to TikTok? Do you connect that, those two dots as well? Yeah. Inside of, inside of Doyen, you have Mm. uh, short form video. So like pre-recorded content that can be uploaded, but you can also then have live streaming directly inside of the Mm, app. Um, This is something that's unique to the China side Mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. platform, uh, likely coming to this side of the ocean. I was going to say, I didn't think I, I didn't think. I'd seen that, right? Uh, yeah, right, uh. yeah. If you think about the features that we're familiar with uh, within TikTok, a lot of that's fed from the Doyen side of the application. Okay, got it. And what, what's one thing folks uh, should never start doing or stop if they're doing it? Yeah, look, I, I think you know a, a mistake that we see made um, by by a lot of brands is really you know them not having control over their brand inside of the market mm. and so whether that be through kind of third party you know traditional distribution relationships or a licensor that they don't really have the proper controls over or just simply you know uh, you know the lack of understanding of the the, the scale and magnitude of these channels mm. it's so critical for a brand to have control over that you know, no, nobody cares more about the brand than the brand themselves. Sure, sure. And so our ethos is really making sure that the, that the leadership, um, that the marketing division is really in the driver's seat hmm. to, to present that brand appropriately. Okay, right on. Well, listen, this has been great. How do folks uh, get in touch? Are you a LinkedIn person? Yeah, uh, is that, yeah that on the- LinkedIn. LinkedIn's great at Peter McMath. Uh, you can find me there and happy to connect with anyone. Um, or you can check out WPIC at WPIC.co. WPIC.co. Well, listen, thanks for joining me. Uh, good luck on the stage. Break a leg. It's great to talk to a fellow Canadian from... Uh, Kind of a background, as we said, I was in your in your hometown very recently, and uh, so listen, safe travels when you go back home, and uh, much continued success, and you know, congrats, congrats on hooking up with a pretty exciting program. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcast Channel, or your favorite podcast platform. Please rate and review, and be sure to recommend to a friend or colleague in the retail and cross border commerce industry. You can learn more about Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum and continue to keep up with the latest on cross-border commerce online at globalecommerceleadersforum.com and check out the upcoming Guelph LA event, February 22nd, 2023. The program theme for Guelph LA 2023 is scaling customer engagement globally. Guelph speakers will consistently deliver an energetic and engaging combination of global e-commerce strategy, cross-border tactics, and best practices. See you there. Until then... 
safe travels.